Man's Guide to Making Male Friends Cultivating Male Friendship and Making Friends as an Adult for Men What if you weren't the only guy that had trouble finding quality guy friends and keeping them in your life? More than likely you're not. Heterosexual males today are the loneliest demographic. Tragically, they are the ones that would benefit the most from friendship as they suffer from higher cases of depression and suicide. But isn't it just so awkward to go talk to another guy you don't know and try to be his friend? Sometimes, doesn't it make you feel girly to want to be closer to other guys? You're not alone. But what should men do? This book will show you how to fill this void in your life without awkwardness, looking silly, feeling gay, or embarrassing yourself. In the book, I will show you where to find high-quality men to befriend, the scientific formula that forges loyal friendships, a set of standards to ensure depth to your relationships, overcoming social barriers, optimally prioritizing and organizing the people in your life, and what a male friend can do for you that a woman cannot, not even your girlfriend. I will outline solid methods and practical advice for the lonely forgotten man to expand his social circle. A better life with brotherhood is just a click away. Man's Guide to Making Male Friends. Get your copy today at reinventideal.com slash friends. That's reinventideal.com slash friends. You're listening to Reinvent Ideal, dating and life advice for men. So you're struggling though, you need some help? The wisdom you need when you're depressed and no one cares because you're not a chick. Well, we're all enjoying our day. We're gonna lose 12 men to suicide today. Your weekly red pill prescription. It's a place for unguarded conversations to investigate with a council of men the riddles of life. With Cairo Copeland. Last time. I think I've proved beyond a reasonable doubt that women, in fact, do like to be approached. They want you to come talk to them, as long as you're doing it the right way. As long as you're not being creepy, as long as you're not being creepy about it, as long as you're being respectful and presenting yourself in the most favorable light. So I hope that you're going to use that as your reasoning to go out and start doing it and get better at talking to strangers and eventually talking to women. Now this doesn't mean approach every woman you see without hesitation, because you see there's a consideration that must be given to the situation. You have to look for cues from her and consider the appropriateness of the venue. You see, uh, a lot of guys are afraid to flirt with women at work, and rightfully so, not to tell every guy to avoid women at work, because the workplace is not a sexual place. It's not a flirtatious zone. It's not a... Uh, friendly place for that. And the reason why is because the context of the place is to work and get things done. I mean, really, anybody that's at work, they really don't want to be there. So that brings us to a very important idea called the social context. There was a post on Reddit of this one guy that uh, he did one of those uh, posts asking, hey, w w was I in the wrong? And uh, here's what happened. Um, let's just call him Scott. And he's out with his guy friend Mike at a Mexican restaurant. And while they were there, they saw a group of girls that must have been in their early 20s. And Scott and Mike were like 35 or older. Now, the girls were there celebrating a birthday. And Scott had uh, just gotten out of a relationship a few months ago. He was ready to get back into the dating scene, read a lot of pickup artist material about cold approach, and even learned a few openers 
Generally, he was already good at socializing, but he was ready now to try out what he learned on these girls. But his friend was telling him, no, 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 don't do it. They're too young. You know, they could be minors. You never know. But Scott brushes him off and approached them anyway. He thought that if he couldn't charm these young girls that didn't know anything about life, he'd have a harder time with, with women closer to his age. So he goes and uh, approaches them, and he's polite, and introduces himself to everyone, and gives the happy wishes to the birthday girl, and attempts to take the conversation deeper, but is met with indifference. You know, the girl that he's most interested in may have even been polite back to him, but looking from afar, anyone could see that there was discomfort on her face. I mean, she had to have been at least ten years younger than him. And it looked like she felt guilty that her looks got this creepy guy to come approach her group of friends and make everyone uncomfortable. And their answers to his questions were very brief and to the point, so for most guys, that'd be a hint to move on. But he persisted. He offered to buy the birthday girl a drink, but she turned it down. He even tried to pull out a chair for himself to, uh, to sit with him, but one of the girls, uh, the one that had the least problem with being perceived as the bitchy one, like every group of girls has, she pushed it right back in. And she says, get lost, R. Kelly. And here we have it. A guy's worst fear in doing this. Being perceived as creepy, publicly humiliated, and treated like a pedophile. So Scott hangs his head and goes back to his friend, leaves money on the table for the meal, and leaves in shame. The rest of the day he spends beating himself up, harboring angry thoughts to those girls, and then posts on Reddit, hey, was I the jerk or was she a bitch? And of course, there were some uh, black pillars on there that uh, said, oh, no, 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 you did nothing wrong. Those girls were just bitches. But I'm sure none of their support helped the way he felt. See, he's going to be thinking to himself, yeah, if I'd just been smoother, if I'd been better looking, or if I had a more obvious higher social status, then I would have been in with them. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, you look at the dates that he has and the women that he's with, they're all many years his junior. Practically, they have always been half his age. So if he can do it, then it can be done. They, you get the idea that, like, it's not creepy if you're hot. Well, this situation needs to be broken down into a few parts here because there were a lot of mistakes made. The first is that your friend told him that it was a bad idea, but he still went for it. So you want to take cues from others. They give them for a reason. If your social circle, who you should have uh, with you when you uh, attempt to make uh, approaches, if they think it's a bad idea, it probably is. And I say you need to have your social circle out with you because you should never leave the house specifically to go look for a woman. You want to first, uh, the reason you leave the house is to go out and have fun. And then when you're having fun, you keep your eyes open for women that are interested in you. And they will be interested in you. When they see you out having fun with your social circle, they will take notice. You keep your eyes open for them. Now, the second problem was the age difference. You want to be aware of this here because, you know, while it's not always a barrier and it can uh, be overcome, it can easily become a problem. See, age is one of those things about you that is best left unknown until asked about. But if it is clearly obvious that you are many years older than her, you're probably better off standing down. You just want to think about it from her perspective. You could be the greatest guy in the world, but her view is that everyone is looking at her and judging her. If she's seen as inviting toward a guy much older than her, she'll be viewed as having something mentally wrong with her, like daddy issues. Or she's a gold digger and is only with him because he has money. See, the fact of the matter is that people judge and are especially harsh with their judgment of women. You may have seen some of this yourself with victim blaming or when a woman is sexually assaulted, but the judgment on the deed was that she asked for it. They're going to say, oh, it was because of the way she dressed or because she got drunk or because she was promiscuous. See, women fear this social stigmatization greatly. 
So this will be one time when you're encouraged to think about how it appears. The third problem with this is that they made many indicators of disinterest, but he persisted. At the first sign of no-go, it's best to just give a warm goodbye and get out of there. It will spare your pride and save everyone involved from an awkward moment and avoid negative experiences to associate with approaching. Still, many guys think that if they just look like Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio, they could get away with hitting on younger girls. But in truth, there was a bouncer from a New York City club, and he spilled the beans on these guys. He said that these very men, he's seen them get rejected when they try to sit next to some pretty young thing in the club. And anytime they were receptive to them, you just gotta remember that they fell for these guys early on by watching their movies before they ever met them in real life. You, on the other hand, you're meeting them for the first time, and they've made no emotional investments with you and haven't had any previous experiences with your charm. So what needs to be emphasized is that it's not whether you're hot, rich, or famous, or anything else. There's a far more vital piece of the flirtation formula that needs to be given more credence, and that's mutual interest or mutual consent. The fact that someone may be good-looking does not automatically give them free reign to do whatever they want. Now, straight guys are quick to point that out whenever even a good-looking gay man hits on them. And straight guys, they may only care about two things, like, is she beautiful? And was she born a female? But for women, they have more to care about than just exterior beauty because behaviors are what they are attracted to and far greater than looks. But also, far greater than looks, another thing that matters to them is, what does it look like? You and her together, how is that going to be perceived by the onlookers? Now, the final problem is that he was doing the same thing that an interruptive salesperson in a store like Walmart or Sam's Club or Home Depot do, and that's violating the social context. You see, something that really pisses me off every time I go to Sam's Club is there's some imbecile with a clipboard and a vest on that's trying to get me to sign up for the Sam's Club credit card. So they interrupt me while I'm doing my grocery shopping and even when I got my earbuds in, you know, they stand there and get in my way until I pull them out. That's violating the social context. And that's what was going on in this story here. You see, this place wasn't a bar or a dance club where women go to get looked at or hit on or chatted up. It was not a sexual zone. It was a Mexican restaurant where people go to eat. And for these girls that were at the table, it was a place for them to celebrate a birthday. So here's the lesson from this. The more that your behavior deviates from the social context, the more uncomfortable people are going to feel around you. The way you behave and talk to people at church is going to be different from the way that you behave and talk to people at a dance club. And I think you can now see why I put so much emphasis on learning to dance, because this is one of the few arenas where women do go to meet men. And it's also why Facebook is a horrible place to try to pick women up by blowing up their direct messages. The purpose of social media was to connect with friends and share experiences and catch up with long-lost high school friends. It was not for men to hit on women. Now, of course, being attractive has its advantages. Now, you're more likely to get help from a stranger and less likely to get hit with a purse when you approach a woman in public. But just because they can do it doesn't mean everyone can. The fact of the matter is that attraction is not fair. I mean, look at your own attractions. Are you into chubby chicks as much as you are into fitness models? Of course not. Now, is that fair to the chubby chicks? Of course not. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. There is not one thing in life that's fair. I mean, the word fair is just another one of society's imperatives created to get kindergartners to share. That's why I stress so heavily you need to focus so much more on yourself and making yourself the most 
attractive version that you can be, reinventing yourself and creating the ideal life. See, I had a client once that he had a great personality, he's funny, he was intellectual, he could talk about anything to anyone. But you see, he had this one big problem here, and that was being out of shape and was poorly groomed. See, his gut often stuck out far, his body hair was out of control, and he looked like someone that just didn't care what other people had to look at. Now, maybe in an online dating setting, he would have done very well, but in a beach setting, he did poorly, because the girls that he talked to, they couldn't hear his words because they couldn't look past his poor appearance. And what was worse was these girls, they felt very uncomfortable with him talking to them in public because they were afraid of what other people would think of them. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not a fair reason to reject a guy. I'm not saying that it's fair. He should have been accepted or rejected based on his own merits, uh, not on what other people looking in may think and judge about the situation. But this is just the way the world is. And it's why social context matters. So the point of recognizing the social context is not to do what is acceptable because of what other people may think of you. Your own opinion of yourself should always matter more than other people's opinions of you, definitely. But you see, the point of recognizing the social context is to take into consideration what other people may think of the girl you're trying to talk to. Because like it or not, that's what she's going to be thinking about. See, I had another client that was a very fit guy. You see, he had to be because he wanted to become a lifeguard. And on his days off, he'd go to the beach just to talk to girls. And they were very receptive to him because his fitness was made quite evident by him being shirtless. And then also his tan made him easier to look at. The arena was one which he was very comfortable in because he goes there every day. And this showed in his presence. See, women have no problem being seen with him because he looked like he took care of himself and was comfortable with himself. And if onlookers had uh, seen him talking to them, they would have looked on with approval. You see, males who saw them, they wished they were him. And females who saw them wished they were the girl he was talking to. So with all this in mind, you should only approach women where women want to be approached. So don't ask, where can I go to meet women? Instead, you want to ask, where do women go to meet me? And those places foster a social context where it's normal for strangers to interact with each other. Now, here's a short list I can come up with here. Uh, anywhere that has a dance floor or bars where the atmosphere supports socializing, which doesn't include the ones with blaring music. Uh, clubs where there are places within it to have a more intimate setting. A uh, public beach where there is an event or party going on. Dog parks, definitely. Or classes. And one of the best classes would be uh, yoga, uh, amateur acting, and pole dancing. Definitely the, that one. But the one you should really choose is one where you have a legitimate interest in the activity. Staying within the social context gives her the freedom to choose whether to accept or reject you based on your own merits rather than on the mere discomfort of your interaction and what it creates. The most common obstacle that you'll face when approaching women is her uncertainty of your intentions. In these types of arenas, there's less of a presumption of bad intentions that hovers over you because it is assumed that the reason you're there is for the activity. The final item on the social context is to recognize the red and green flags of the women you wish to approach. Now, perhaps you have known or seen one guy that appears to be able to approach any woman and is able to get them to talk to him. 
He looks like he's some kind of master or genius. But what's really going on is he's only approaching the ones that he knows are open to it. He's figured out how to tell which women are approachable and which ones are not. He knows the red flags, like when girls are seated together in a closed group facing each other. In order to open them, you have to butt in and interrupt, which is something you really don't want to do. But if they're seated facing outwards, well, that's a green flag. Uh, another red flag to take into consideration is the mood that she's projecting. Does she look like she's in a happy or social mood? The worst scenario for this is that she's in deep sadness and being consoled by her friends. If you were to enter, you'd be interrupting again. And on the other hand, if they're laughing or are outwardly facing in an open group, then you are safe to move in. You see, a red flag that's always a no-go is when she has her headphones or earbuds in, because you see, that's interrupting. And a green flag is when you see her uh, without earbuds and she's looking around the room or wherever you are, she's just looking around, a random gazing. It's almost an automatic motion from the mind to the body when lost or unsure of what to do. And it serves the purpose of communicating to onlookers that they'd like someone to help them without having to ask. Because you know what? Maybe they are lost, or better yet, lonely and hoping someone will come talk to them. And groups of girls are often better to open than a girl by themselves. And this is because a girl in a group will feel less threatened in the presence of a guy by himself, even though you should have your social circle close by. But a girl all by herself... It's, it's questionable, and it requires caution. Because how many girls do you know go out to have fun all by themselves? Probably none. It's not likely that her friends are in the bathroom because they all go together. It's more likely that her boyfriend is in the bathroom. So she should be observed for a bit longer to ensure that she is, in fact, alone. And that is it for us today. Thank you very much for listening. But one more thing before you go, I'll make you a deal. Wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, if you leave me a review on that platform and you screenshot that review and send it to me in an email to Cairo at reinventideal.com, that's Cairo at reinventideal.com, I will send you a copy of my free ebook, The Drama Free Relationship. How to Tame and Train Your Girlfriend. Because here's the deal. In today's world, you do have to condition bad habits out of a woman that you are in a long-term relationship with, a woman that you choose to make your girlfriend. You're going to have to condition bad habits out of her. This book will show you how to avoid much of the drama and pain that could inevitably be caused based on the conditioning that she has received prior to being in a relationship with you. So that's the drama-free relationship. How to tame and train your girlfriend. I will send it to you for free if you send me a screenshot of your review to Cairo at reinventideal.com. Please remember that the bull gets blocked right here because I am my brother's keeper and I got your back. Thank you for listening to Reinvent Ideal with Cairo Copeland. Your weekly red pill prescription See more at reinventideal.com.